Welcome to the Cal Park Bros podcast hosted by Terrence and Jason. With the NBA draft taking place this week, make sure you make Cal Park Bros your number one draft pick of podcasts. Hashtag number one spot. Welcome to the Calpright Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Terrence, and with me is my co-host, Jason, calling in from the Back Cave in Indianapolis. Jason, how are you, my good man? Hey, man, you know what it is. It's record day for the Calpart Bros, so I'm feeling up as usual. We're not matching shirts today no more. I see you try with the orange. I said, no, I'm not doing that two, two weeks in a row, so I had to break it up. But I'm here, ready to go. Got three really good topics to talk about. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening. This is episode 62 of the Calpart Bros podcast. For the uninitiated, Calpart Bros is the podcast to hear. We are a weekly podcast of fans of sports, current events, and entertainment. And as always, we are your hosts, Terrence and Jason. And every single Thursday, we come to you with a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, sports, and the athletes we love. And even some of the athletes we loathe. No matter the topic, you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our 30 years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois. And folks, for more Cal Park Bros content, make sure you connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok under the handle Cal Park Bros or Cal Park Bros Podcast for more behind the scenes of the show and just to engage with us every single day. But do not forget that the Cal Park Bros Podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you and your folks and your people listen to podcasts. Like us, love us, share us, Follow us. And folks, if you like us, hell, why wouldn't you? That's right, folks. Like Terrence said earlier, we are the podcast to hear and watch. So make sure you're living it, loving it, and doing it. All right. Let's get into it. Dog, this whole NBA Finals then came and went. And it feels like we talked a lot of basketball just indirectly the last two weeks. But we really, really, I don't feel like we really focused on the Finals. Well, you know uh, how we like to wait till things to be, be over first, and now they're over. So here we are. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, number one, Steph finally got that MVP, dog. That's a resume booster. I, I don't know if it's, that was hanging over his head at all, but definitely people like to hold it against him, that the fact that they won those championships, but he wasn't the MVP. He wasn't the guy, the man. So now that's off the books now. He got his MVP along with his fourth ring. Clay got his fourth ring, too, obviously. And other individuals that I'm not going to name. But um, I'll name them. I'll name ahead. it for you. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you're going you gonna to talk about the big three, dog. You can't leave out the third option. Well, <laughs> okay. We can get into that, too, if you want. If you want to talk about big three, but okay. <laughs> it ain't Draymond. Moving on. I think it it is a resume booster. I mean, anytime you get a finals MVP, it's a resume booster. And a finals MVP has never not been a resume booster. I just don't think it's going to make this ginormous leap that a lot of people want it to be for Steph Curry. And that's okay. Like, guys, gals, non-binary, 
it's okay if Steph Curry is not in the top 10 of all Tom NBA players. It's really okay. It's really okay. It's really okay. It's okay for Under Armour. It's okay for Aisha. It's okay for Seth. It's okay for his parents. It's okay. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. I've been using that term a lot in these last few days since the finals have been over because, of course, you've been seeing people, you know, not just with the Warriors talk, but primarily with Steph Curry. When it comes to, like you said, ranking him in the top 10, top five, is he better than Magic now? What more does he have to do to be better than LeBron? You know, not now that they have the same amount of rings, blah, 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 blah. And it's total living in the moment type stuff. Even see, even some experts now want to vault Steph Curry into one, being one of the 10 greatest players of all time. And that 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 itself, that in itself could be a, a segment for a different show. A whole segment by itself. But I I I'd say whatever who is making that opinion, I think you might want to think about that deeply before you say he's the one he's top 10. Because we can only automatically assume who probably the top two are and probably jump into a third person automatically in that top 10. So you tell me Steph Curry's one of the next seven best players? Come on, dog. Think about it like that. Think about that, please. I think the only thing more ridiculous than, you know, that knee-jerk reaction when someone, you know, wins a championship or wins, a, you know, a playoff accolade like finals MVP. Um, I kind of respond to... I know it's not the same, but I kind of laugh it off because I look at it the same way I do like all-star selections. I'm just like, hey, this is how you feel in the moment. It's half of a season. Or in this case, it's damn near 10 days of work. You got to talk about something, I guess. But yeah, I, I for, for me, Steph Curry, absolutely. You know, he, 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 he feathers out the resume. It's another feather in the cap. He's already getting in the hall. He's already arguably one of the best shooters of all time, for God's sake. But some of these people tell them themselves. And to your point, pundits alike. Oh, what is it? What will it take for him to surpass LeBron? LeBron didn't even make the playoffs. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy enjoy the teams that actually were playing. Another thing I, I say to this when it comes to Steph Curry entering into the top 10 and passing certain individuals, I'll say this. And I specifically, specifically LeBron, I guess, but really anybody when it comes to like Jordan and LeBron during their eras, when they played, they were considered those two individuals were considered the best basketball player in the game, in the world while they played. So to that, I'd say to anybody asking what he'd have to do to get better than LeBron, to be honest, probably nothing he could do because of that alone. As good as Steph Curry is, nobody in the right mind thinks of Steph Curry as the best basketball player in the world. Nobody. I mean, that's a stretch. And that's Again, okay. in the in the right mind, in the like I say, in the right mind, there's no way. There's no, no, just stop. Just, no, no. Yeah, it, I guess it's okay. It's okay to have that opinion, but they're completely. It's incorrect. okay to have opinion, but it's also okay to have better, and more formulated and informed opinions. Here's the thing. The guy. Other than I, under the other than not wearing J's, what's the knock on his game? <laughs> you know, like well, well, some people can knock on his game. game. Steph Curry, okay. He it depends on who you ask. He, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I, I just saw an article earlier 
about Chris Paul, about the whole legacy talk, was saying that that Steph Curry is not even one of the greatest point guards of all time because he's not a facilitator, which is the role of a you know of a point guard. Chris Paul. Now again, now again, obviously people can say what hey people can say whatever they want about the messenger in that case, but in theory, it's a it's a valid opinion. It's a viable one, as you like to say. It has merit, you know. Again, people can argue with it, but but yeah, people can definitely knock his game, and they've done it. So, but I I really kind of think this could be more of a. I mean, it's definitely like I said, him winning a fourth championship. And the MVP is definitely a resume booster just in general. But I also think too is where does this boost the resume of the this this run of the Warriors? When it comes to, I mean, I'll say I found an article, I'm sure there's not just them, but I found an article from Yahoo Sports talking about the the Warriors dynasty. And to me, as as good as their run has been, four championships in eight years, I don't think this is a dynasty. I, now again, now keep in mind. Obviously, when we say dynasties, when it comes to sports, it's totally subjective. I recognize that I'm not an idiot. I recognize that. But in my subjective opinion, this is not a dynasty. Okay. Your thoughts on that, sir? Your thoughts on that, sir? Uh, how? How? Okay. Let's just assume that I that I'm willing to indulge this fuckery. Well, well uh, obviously you are because we're talking about it. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we are because you know I agreed to do this damn show with you. Uh, how, how do you even? Since it's subjective, I'm glad you own it. How the hell do you even um, qu- uh, qualify? Okay, what, so what, what, what's 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 the what's the le- what's the level? What's the benchmark of a dynasty? Okay, so I know last week we had this whole thing with you yes or no questions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another yes or no question. See if we. Can- we can continue the streak of 62 episodes without you actually answering a yes or no question. Do you, Terrence Brown, think that the Chicago Bulls of the 90s was a dynasty? Not only do I think it was a dynasty. See, once, see, once again, you <laughs> yes or no, bro. And they know it's a dynasty. I'm yes or no questions. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm off yes, no questions. I'm off that narcotic. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you agree. Obviously, that's a dynasty. Okay, so it's a dynasty, yeah. Okay, great. I agree. I'm pretty sure most people would agree. So why is it a dynasty, and this one isn't? I'm, I'm getting into that. I'm just saying that's the, that we use that as a baseline benchmark. Okay, the Bulls won six championships in eight years. Okay, so in this scenario, the Warriors have won four championships in eight years. My thing is to be a dynasty, we do you have to win four championships in whatever time frame we're talking about, and they've done that. But the problem is this, two things. Well, one, they have a back-to-back, which is one qualifier, but the problem is they just won the championship in 2022, correct? When was the last time they won the championship before this? Um, that's at least two uh, uh, Achilles Hill injuries before. I mean, I, I, I'm I don't know. It doesn't matter. It does not it matter. matter to me. It matters to me. You leave that it still out. still doesn't make that dynasty. You leave the shit out. Listen, when when – when all these light skinned motherfuckers are, are done playing, ain't nobody gonna bring up. Oh well, there was a three year gap. Try their, four, buddy. In, 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 their, four. in their NBA resume employment history, the hell is this? You ain't you ain't HR. <laughs> well, I'm saying, I'm saying though, when we look at their championships, 
which is what's all going to be looked at. Because at the end of the day, as we talked about before in several episodes, no, at a certain point, no one's going to remember who came in second place. And when we look at the championships, what's it going to say? The Warriors won 2018, didn't win, win again until 2022. And I think that's part of the problem for them is they have that gap in that time frame where they're, of the eight years we're talking about where they didn't win a championship. And I think that ruins anything to be considered a dynasty when you have that big, long gap of time. So, yeah, they had the four championships are great. They won it back-to-back. We say it had, like, shit, like, they, like, Clay didn't just fall in his damn parade today. That's what's crazy. Now you do yeah. sound crazy. How? What, 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 what did I say that was factually incorrect? You, what, it, it's crazy to say that four rings in eight years is somehow mm-hmm. not a dynasty. And the reason why I can say that it's a dynasty, because the Lakers, who got three rings in 10 years, is absolutely a dynasty. When did, no, it isn't. Yeah, okay. Well, disagree with your mama. Well, see, listen, here's the thing. That's a part of they okay, won, when, Listen, they won, they won three in a row. And then what happened? Exactly. Bro, Thank you. Bro, exactly. Bro, Thank you. Bro, Thank you. Listen, Thank you. Listen, I challenge <laughs> exactly. you. I challenge you to win three <laughs> rings in anything you do. Guess what? Your ass get the kind of coast for the decade. But that don't make it a dynasty, though. That makes it a dynasty. It's a good run, but it's not a dynasty. Okay. All right. I feel like okay. anybody that's actually rooting for the Indiana Pacers in their life should not actually have a real say in this. <laughs> that actually makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, because yeah, y'all ain't one shit. You because know, I was because obviously I would root for the Bulls too, who have won a dynasty. So that kind of just claims your argument there. And the fact of the matter is, who I root for makes no difference because it again, does. actually does. It do, actually it doesn't because I'm not an ignorant fan like most people you probably know. But so so the point is, yeah, you can win three championships in a row. That's a great run, and anybody, any team, any sport will take winning three in a row. But when it comes to dynasties, you can't win those three in a row and then just fall off the map when it comes to championships. But but somehow but somehow. Being consistent and winning one every other year is is not a, is also not a dynasty. Because like, they didn't win one every other year. Because the they because they, they, they didn't win one every other year. They didn't win one every other year. Like I said, they didn't win four years without winning one. Dude. That's not every other year. Hey, Jason, I'm not gonna go if Johnny had five apples on you 100. But four rings in eight years is one half. Yeah, that is but every you, other year. But when you won 75% of those in the first half of the eight years, yeah, so, that's my whole point. You can't have that, you can't fall off and still they, be dynasty. They've never fallen off. They've never they fallen fall. off. This, when it, when, it, come, when it comes to championships, when it comes to championships by so many pundits, because frankly, we gotta hate this team. We hate how close to 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 beating uh the Bulls 72 record that they got. Don't say oh we. God. Don't say we. No, no, Jason, it's not about you. So let's pretend it's not about you for two seconds. We, collectively, no. as a sportsdom, hate this team because they were so damn good. And they are so damn good. You want to talk about a comeback story? These guys were in the fucking lottery. Okay, great. Great. Okay. And their nucleus, their big three, Draymond, Clay, Steph, there's something about being resilient and coming back. And winning a fourth one when everybody was ready to either crown Boston or Milwaukee, Miami. Everybody's ready to crown somebody else. Hell, remember somebody thought Phoenix was actually going to do some shit this this playoffs? It was great. 
Well, I do want to point out when it comes to that, you and I both predicted the Warriors are going to win. So I do, I do want to point that out. Big pub to us. So I wasn't ready to crown anybody other than the Warriors because they were there. We, we picked them in anyway. So it's what it is. How appropriate senior highs you wearing that Bears jersey, but a Bears shirt, whatever it is. But yeah, again, not saying the words is hey, great accomplishment, great story. Like you said, agreed. You know, a whole lottery, all stuff like that. Comeback story, as you want to put it. But when it comes to dynasty, again, in my opinion. It is not, especially when compared to actual dynasties that dominated their their years we're talking about. So, yeah, he's talking about the Ming dynasty. Anyways. No, bull, <laughs> Bulls, UConn <laughs> winners basketball, uh, the, uh, both times, two times. You know, I mean, I, I, hell, I can keep going. The, yeah. The Canadian, the Canadians, the, the Lakers, the 80s Lakers. Alabama football in the 2010s. Dynasties. Yeah, if we're going to use that, I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks didn't necessarily uh, win every other year, but they won enough objectively they're a dynasty. So, respect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, also agree that's not a dynasty. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, that concludes our fun segment on the NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Props to Steph on finally getting that uh, finals MVP. And uh, coming up next, we're talking about Freya uh, Pete. Coming up next on Calpright Bros. Good evening, friends. I want to tell you a little bit about the new lifestyles changes I have started this summer. What have I done? I'm eating better. I'm lifting weights. And I'm also listening to the Calpart Bros podcast as much as possible. While I'm making dinner, I listen to the podcast. While I'm lifting weights, I'm listening to the podcast. And the results are incredible. Thank you, Terrence and Jason, the Cal Park Bros. You have truly changed my life. I owe you so much. Results not typical. While listening to the Cal Park Bros gets you in the know. Studies have shown you will also be considered much cooler than you were prior to listening. Listen as much as you can. Terrence and Jason, let's get this podcast rolling. See ya! Welcome back to Calpright Bros. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about something I, I've already coined pre or Pete. Jason is not exactly a fan of that as a potential topic for this episode, but I kind of like it. Uh, and I'm referencing a Sports Illustrated argument, or not argument, but an article. <laughs> uh, this is wild. Uh, Greg Bishop was the one that covered this, by the way. Um, so apparently there's an issue with this uh, high school coach, Joe Kennedy. He is bantering with an, uh, a fellow assistant coach. Um, he drops down on one knee. And he closes his eyes in prayer. And so what's wild is, is that this story came out in 2015. It's now 2022, which is kind of odd. And so apparently this has been going on for years. Until finally, his employers said it was time to call it a day on um, basically kneeling and praying during these high school football games. Now, a big bone of contention for some folks is that, well, he's not mandating anything. He's not, he's not making it 
school policy, you got to pray. Now, I'm a little conflicted on that because he does have a he has a leadership role. He he's the head football coach. There there's almost some built in pressure. There's some implied pressure. That someone should go along with this. Um, judging by your facial expression, Jason, you might be skeptical of that. Why do you feel that that's not necessarily the case? So I definitely understand what you're saying, that um, he's in a leadership position. And so he's in a position, somebody could say, of influence over the students, which in general, there's some truth to that. However, like you said, he's not mandating anything. He's not requiring anything. He's not telling people, hey, if you want to come join me, come join me. He said, he said just the opposite. He's never asked, encouraged, or pushed, or requested, or suggested that anybody join him on the field to do that. That's why he's always out in the middle of the field, by himself. It's real quick. And that's it. Now, I know people, like you said, when I say that, oh, he has that influence, and I think the, the article mentions a lot, um, the word a lot, coercion, that, that, that indirectly might coerce the kids who want to try to pray with them. And because it's happening on district property, school district property, that's why the district had to step in and say, hey, we need you to stop doing that. They, now, we'll say they also did provide him options of alternatives to pray out of sight away from everybody like in a broom closet or something like, or Jenner's closet in the press box, which by the way, the press box actually has windows. People can see him in there doing it. So, um, but yeah, when it comes to just what the question you asked me, why I feel like that's him being a head coach isn't a big deal because yes, he has that influence, but I also think that gives people the, the mindset that these kids are weak-minded. This is 2022. I think you and I both know that in general, kids aren't that easily inspired or coerced to do anything they don't want to do. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, and I'm not trying to be contrarian in that regard. If it's you are, just, it's fine. It's just that I have a unique perspective, you know. Of course. I do have children, um, and they happen to be minors. Uh, and so even in the face of oh, well, my kid isn't that impressionable or, or weak-minded. The, the reality is they are still minors, um, and they, they haven't been through the rigor of being in those scenarios and dealing with stuff like that. So I would argue that because of his role and his access to these young students it's even it's even it's even more imperative that he be uh, more cognizant of how impressionable they are can it be said that he's already doing that which is why he does it in the middle of it away from his team i feel like once it got to like the interviews and shit it was no longer about how discreet this is i'm not trying to say that that's how he thought it was going to turn out in the first place. I don't think that was intentional. I think at this point it's turned into a damn circus and he doesn't have the good sense to just walk away and close up shop of the circus. Well, okay. Now he, and again, the article mentions he acknowledges that, that obviously it got to the point of the night, 
the the first part of that or first sentence in that this article from, from uh, Sports Illustrated mentions that that night back in 2015 on, on October seven years ago, he went out to the field to pray and when he you know again real quick when he came up he realized there was a whole crowd around him including cameras fans players from the opposing team politicians apparently as well so at that point yeah he recognized that it obviously become as you put it a circus I think he might have used a similar word. But when it originated eight years prior to this in 2015, so 20, uh, 2007, that's what it's talking about. It probably didn't, didn't really become a circus until the school told me couldn't do it anymore. And no, I'm not trying to blame the school when it comes to them causing it to be a circus. But by imagine by 2015, it became news, whether it be, whether it be him posting things on social media, the district saying something about it, whatever it may be. And obviously now, seven years later, it's finally gotten to the Supreme Court. And it's getting even more in, in, uh, attention. Now I don't know if he's still doing that on the on the on the field. I'm, my presumption is he probably isn't, because I'm sure that would have resulted in him getting fired potentially. Potentially, we don't know. School district may be smarter than that. But that's what this whole argument's about. Why I got to the Supreme Court, the First Amendment, freedom of religion, but also the whole separation of church and state. Like who's like what's the win? Who's going to win that that war? And that's really what this is all about. It really is. I know the, the the opposing attorney in the article mentions that she feels like normally it will be a slam dunk case in the in the opposition's favor, but because he has become such a beacon, we'll say for lack of a better word, of this side of freedom of religion side of things, he feels like that he's probably going to win the case most likely because of because of that. But that's really what it's about: the whole separation of church and state versus freedom of religion. Yeah, and I so. Interesting perspective, and I appreciate you sharing the bit about the lawyer. Um, yeah, I'm big on freedom of religion. I'm not big on freedom of fucking around and not finding out. What do you mean? That means you can't use your religion or your your gender, uh, basically, or anything else about you. You're as a bully pulpit to basically, um try and hit me over the head with a mallet about how that you can just do whatever you want and say whatever you want. I mean, I get the whole religious freedom deal. Um, Interestingly enough, when this guy was talking about, you know, and when you were espousing your feelings about religious freedom, I immediately thought about um, sports figures that have kind of had, I mean, it was not a religious freedom thing. It was, I'm just not going to stand for the anthem. <laughs> and then you, and then it got twisted into something else, Kaepernick. And then I also thought about uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. I mean, he got fucking blackballed, basically, um, for not coming out for the national anthem. So I thought, well, I thought he actually came out for the anthem, but like just turned his back to the flag or something like that. Um, there, there were a few incidents where it was some, okay. at one point he was doing that. At one point, he wasn't coming out at all. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, apparently even, I remember, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, fellow Muslim, was even apparently trying to talk to Chris Jackson, excuse me, I'm going to do a ruse, formerly Chris Jackson, to say, hey, I understand why you're doing this. You feel like the flag represents tyranny, but here is maybe how you can look at it differently, or whatever it may be. I remember that specifically. And it's, cause I used to be a big fan of uh, my do a ruse back then. So this was I. Um, this was I. I loved this game. Uh, you know, plus, you know, dealing with Tourette syndrome, 
Um, he's killing it, you know, big LSU cat. Um, yeah, great product. Uh, but yeah, I, I immediately think, I mean, hell, we could even brought up Tim Tebow. See, well, so obviously the act, yeah. So that's probably the most relative to this situation in a way, because the act is the same on, well, not even on the field per se, but in a football arena, kneeling in prayer. Now, obviously the big difference is Tim Tebow, at least when it comes to the NFL, wasn't doing it on a school setting. And that's part of what the problem is because of he's doing it at school. And as you say, with the students around who can be coerced into praying with him, God, you know, God forbid. But if you're a big proponent of church and state separation, then, then there you go. But even with that, and I understand the whole point about him being an influence. If I'm not in any way whatsoever encouraging you or, or coercing you to do this, then I'm not, you know, the state in this case trying to make you, you know, bring the church into it. Now, if you want, now if you join me, that's on you. Whether I, whether you're influenced by my my me being a coach or not. But I have to imagine if, if any players or anybody else, as example of that night I mentioned in 2015 wanted to join him, join him in prayer, it's probably because they wanted to do it, not because he coerced them into doing it. But again, because they're minors, that automatically means they can't think for themselves. So, Right. You know, there's also the same reason why, you know, uh, 17, 18-year-old uh, boys, men, you know, barely adult, say, no, no, I'm okay with being a hazed. I'm, I'm okay with that. Just because you say it's okay, he doesn't make it okay. Um, you say being hazed? Hazed, yes. Yes, okay. I'm making the connection. I'm making the correlation to a hazing incident, potentially. And I know that I'm not inferring that this guy is hazing people. But what I am saying is that 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 13-year-old, 10-year-old ch- children, even if you are adult, technically, you are still incredibly impressionable. And and this guy should know that. And, you know, I think a, a, another interesting thing is like, you know, this guy wasn't even all that religious. Like, what 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 changed in his life that he decided to to, to, to turn up and go full Austin on this? Well, see, that's okay, so that's a stretch, see, because yeah, I, yeah. The article does mention that that he might have some type of change in life that he's not religious, and even he even says he's still not religious. But just because he prays on the field doesn't make him Joel Olstein, and I'm sure he would probably separate himself from that as well. You know, no, and no offense to Colin Kaepernick, but just because he's kneeling on the field doesn't make him Angela Davis. You know, so again, Thanks. no offense to Kaepernick, Thanks. but just saying. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, and, and I do want to say one last, well, not one last thing, but say one thing here. I know you say that, you know, that minors are impressionable and you made the rate kind of the range from like 10 to 17, 18 year olds. That's a huge difference in that impressionability between 10 year olds and 18 to 17 year olds. And I think you'll acknowledge that as well. You know, now granted, not every 17, 18 year old is equal when it comes to that. I get that. But when we framing it just when it comes to the players on this team, even if there are 14, huge difference in teenagers as opposed to somebody who's 10. So let's just kind of keep that in the frame of teenagers when it comes to this and when it comes to how easily they can be coerced into 
praying on the field, which again was the worst thing in the world, right? Sarcasm. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm not saying you're saying that, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my thing is, like, fam, good luck. And <laughs> worst case scenario, there's always two boo. <laughs> All right, that concludes our segment on Prayer Pete. Coming up next, we covering the uh, the Nationalist riot in Idaho. It wasn't on Calvar Bros. Jason and I are fresh off the segment discussing pist- uh, Prayer Pete. Why, yes, that is a Pistol Pete reference. Um, the third and last segment, we're going to be covering, sadly, another conspiracy to riot scenario, this time in Idaho. Um, and this is articles from CNN. Idaho police officers arrested 31 people Saturday who are believed to be affiliated with the white nationalist group Patriot Front after they were seen gathering near a pride parade in the city of Cordialine, authorities said. It is clear to us that based on the gear the individuals had with them, the stuff they had in their possession, the U-Haul with them, with the paperwork that was seized from them, that they came to riot downtown, Cordialine Police Chief Lee White said during a news conference. Every time I hear about, I I feel like there's like as many white supremacist groups as there are Wayans Brothers. It's like the Chappelle joke where it's like, Wayans Brothers, you mean there's another one? You mean there's more? My God. Get a fucking hobby, losers. They took our jobs! Well, they must be mad about something else that's jobs in this case. But yeah, exactly. That same mentality, yeah. Yeah. I. So 31 of these assholes got arrested. Thank God. Um, They all had identical insignias. Well, that's one way to make sure you dumbasses stand out. And there was at least one smoke grenade in their possession, police said. Now, according to the Anti-Defamation League, Patriot Front is a white supremacist group whose members maintained their ancestors, conquered America, and left it to them. The group split from a, another white, white supremacist group, Vanguard America, in late 2017. White said the group was equipped with shields, shin guards, and other riot gear with them. Along with papers he described as similar to an operations plan that a police or military group would put together for an event. These 31 individuals were arrested for conspiracy to riot, which is a misdemeanor. Shame. <laughs> Adding the suspects came from at least 11 states. Gas high as hell. What the hell are y'all traveling here for, dog? All right, I'm done. Jason, 
thoughts. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be done already. You got more. You got more. Oh, oh I'm done. I'm shutting off the valve. Where, where you at? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Nah, bro. So, yeah, as, as you're reading off all the stuff they had with them, the the shields, the shin guards, smoke grenades, all that, whatever like that, my, my thought is that kind of escalates my opinion on this already. Number one, I'm thinking, as, as we talked about this yesterday, that, like, if you have a problem with this type of event happening, don't go. Even more to the point, these people came from 11 different states. Another reason, you don't have to go. And why'd you? And not only this, why why this event? Because apparently this group is based in Texas, of of all places, of course. So and I, I'm sure they all didn't come from Texas, obviously. But for real, why why this one? Why, what what's the point? But but then also adding that all the stuff they had, like you said, they're there to riot. Like like why why go there with all that aggression? It's, it's one thing for you to stand on the side with your signs opposing it. Which is your right? Well, seemingly what they had planned was aggression and probably a little bit of violence. And my thought is, why? Like I said a minute ago, like anyone, well, with the right mind will say, if you have a problem with it, then don't go. You want to see it? Don't look. I, I just don't understand this growing aggression that people have towards these events. It's one thing for people not to like Pride Month and Pride parades, which I have an opinion about that too. But to try to stop them from, from happening, like for what? Why? I think one thing people need to remember with this stuff is you may not like Pride Month and Pride Parade, stuff like that. But keep in mind, these events and this month may not be for you. I mean, the whole the name of the event itself is Pride, right? The, the movement, whatever you want to call it. I hate calling it a movement, but you guys know what I mean, hopefully. Pride. It's for people who are in the LGBT community to have pride in who they are. Because for a long time, and, and still the case to the point of this article, they're made to feel shameful of who they are. They had to hide it for so long. Maybe not people of today, as many, compared to you know, 20, 30 years ago, but it still happens. Maybe not so much for adults, but think about, you know, and I know this is a point of contentment for a lot of people, which I'm also going to go into, but think about what those you know, ch children who are part of the pride community, who are definitely made to hide who they are or they feel like they can't come out who they are because of relative friends, whoever media, whoever it may be to say, Hey, you shouldn't be this way. No, you can't talk about this in school at all, whether it's curriculum or otherwise. So, so that's what these events are for, for those individuals, adults or kids who, even if it's just that one moment can show some pride in who they are and it's fine. Now, I found an article from Time Magazine mentioning that there were, there were 11 different events across the country, which is a small number, but still, 11 different events across the country that had the threat of violence present of groups. Now, the article mentions right-wing groups that wanted to put a stop to this. I'm not here to de try to demonize right-wing groups because that part really doesn't matter. Because that doesn't matter if you're a left-wing person going against this too. It doesn't matter. But... Now, those 11 events, obviously, again, a small number, but the fact that people are one or groups are willing to go out of their way, probably in most cases, to go against these people with violence and aggression, I think it's just, for lack of a better term, it's just people, just, people have just forgotten how to mind their business. Yes, it's your right to protest against things peacefully, of course, but in cases like this, when you're going to events with riot gear, essentially, and you're not, and you're not, and you're not the police, 
What's that say? It's some Charlottetown bullshit, dude. That's all it is. Like, it's some throw a rock and then hide your hand. Or in some cases, not even hide your hand. It's just throw more rocks. You know, these those, those, those people were there to do damage. And the FBI, after, after last week's shenanigans with the uh, Larry Nassar case, have earned a little bit of goodwill from me. Um, because, yeah, good on them for nipping this in the bud before it could become a bigger problem. Yeah, I, I think nobody travels like that to protest. You travel like that because you want to get into trouble. And I'm not talking good trouble. You, you know what? Another thing I thought of real quick that also goes into what you just said, how all these people travel from all these other states to go to this one event in Idaho of all places. Can we think of another event where people acted in violence and aggression that came from all over the place? Something that's having hearings about it right now. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, so I mentioned too that people also seem to have issues when it comes to the LGBTQ I'll go ahead and say the quote unquote gay agenda. Again, not my quote folks is out there. They feel like that's being forced on their children. We were just, we just talking about, talking about the last segment that, you know, kids are easily impressionable and, you know, can be coerced into things. People feel like because it's so much out there that their kids are trying to be coerced into doing things. This time, uh, time magazine article that I referenced um, mentioned that uh, I, I believe in California, uh, those are the, an event where like it was called drag drag queen st- uh, story time or story hour, something like that. So basically somebody from the LGBT community, drag queen reads children's books to children. Well, apparently there was a group that didn't have a problem with that. And they stormed the event and they made it inflammatory towards the person reading the stories, calling that person an it, um, um, an abomination, uh, molester because of all that stuff, you know, things like that, that make no sense whatsoever. People have it, have that so set in their minds that, that, that it, this is trying to get pushed on their kids and confusing their kids, stuff like that. It's one thing to not want it in curriculum at schools. That's one thing. And I had a conversation with a mother, well, I'm trying to go in the names here, but basically they're from another country, but they live in California. They're a mother of two daughters. And just had a conversation with her, you know, via social media about this. And she was saying that, when, especially when they used to live in California and a little bit now when they live in Southern California, they have certain events where they go to, like pride parades. And she says she sees people all the time dressed very scantily clad when it comes to, you know, people might be showing a lot of skin outwardly, wearing certain sexual attire, sexual accessories out in the, in the parades and stuff like that. So... It seems to me people that seem to have so much issues with pride really have their issues have nothing to do with the with the events themselves. It's their mindset of this is evil, this is bad, because they're trying to coerce our children into doing this. And one question I have to say is, okay, you don't want your children to be around these certain things, but my question is, are you trying to protect them as children or are you trying to hide the fact that this exists from their, from your kids? And that's the line 
people need to start thinking about when it comes to you, the ones who are trying to protect, protect their kids, quote unquote, from this. Are you trying to protect them as kids and have those conversations with your with them yourselves, or are you trying to try to hide it from them altogether? And this stuff happens, and that's one thing you need to think about. Because if you're trying to hide it from them, then you're probably doing a huge disservice to your kids. Because this is reality. There are people in the community in the world that are LGBTQ, and you can't really hide it. Is what it is. Once once they become an adult, when they go to the college, get in the workforce, they're going to work with individuals like this. And it, and that's fine. There are normal, regular people trying to do the same thing in our life that you probably are. But because they have something different about them that you don't like for whatever reason, don't hide it. Be real with your kids. This is reality. Certain aspects when it comes to things that might be too adult for them, yeah, that part I get. But hide it from them all together, that's just not real and you're just being fake and you're probably raising somebody to be a horrible person as well. So, yeah, I always wonder about, you know, how uh, some of these uh, OnlyFans teachers got outed and they end up having to quit teaching. And first, my first thought is props to anybody that was doing OnlyFans and still wanted to teach <laughs> one, one, one point. And then second of all, we're going to, you know, we got to, got a teacher shortage any damn way. And, and, uh, uh, and then second of all, how the hell you know about the page? Well, like that's how that's how I thought about the parade. I'm like, dog, I don't know about none of that shit unless you tell me. So why do I know about it? And if it offends you that much, why are you compelled to seek it out? All right. Yeah. Seek help. I don't seek have that. to add nothing to that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't but, have to add nothing to that. I mean, exactly. when you choose to live, when you choose to live in San Francisco of all places. You can't really be too surprised with what you might see going around town. I've never been to San Francisco. Heard a lot about it. Has left reputation. So if I go, whenever I go there, to base, yeah, whenever I see whenever I go there to see a baseball game, hey, I can't be surprised with what I might see because it's in San Francisco. It's their town. Just like you go to any other town, what you might see is going to be representative of their city. So if you live in San Francisco or Cal, hell, for that matter, California. So there you go, people. I just feel like everywhere is weird. And so when people try and front like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. I'm like, bro, says, what what rock are you living under? Like that is willful ignorance. You know what the hell's going on in your municipality? Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm all for people living where they want to live, but you have to also look at reality. You know, if I ever move to Florida, I got to deal with the reality of there's probably going to be some hurricanes going on. If, if I don't like it, don't move to Florida. You know, again, I'm not saying people should isolate themselves to certain areas just because of whatever belief they may have. But again, wherever you wherever you choose to live, you're also choosing to be part of the community there. Again, well, you don't like it that much? Get a U-Haul and move. To somewhere else that you will also be dealing with the same shit. The most exactly, exactly, exactly. We are. Everybody knows we are a diverse nation. Is what it is. Not just because of race, religion, or even nationality. Technically, either sexual orientation is also part of it too. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't. You. You can't. You haul your way out of this. You stuck exactly. here, dog. Right. Exactly. That can, wraps up uh, segment three, and with that, we'll wrap up the show. 
Thank you for listening to the Calpar Bros Podcast with your hosts, Terrence and Jason. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review. Five stars, as always, are appreciated. You can always send the show feedback and show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at calparkbros.com. You can also reach us on the actual phone, the CPB voicemail, 405-877-2767. That's 405-877-BROS. Who knows? You'll mess with up on a future episode of this year's podcast. Jason, final thoughts for the people. I love how you change things up a little bit there. You're like, on an actual phone. Yes, they actually exist, folks. Actual phones. But hey, man, hey, another good episode. Three great topics, definitely relative to what's going on today in society, sports, current events, everything. Love getting that stuff with you. Real stuff. But anyway, folks, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. Remember, we drop our audio episodes every Thursday. So check that out on CalPartBros.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. But do not forget that still, as of right now, we still drop our video segments. We'll be on Mondays. So check that out. We'll drop that episode 61 we just put online yesterday. Folks, we can tell that you're enjoying the show. See that from all your comments, all your, you know, your follows and likes, stuff like that. You're being great Cowboy Bros stalkers and Cowboy Bros nerds. Thank you so much. You're part of the fam. New, te- new hashtag, Terrence. CBB fam. Hashtag that. I love folks, it. Folks, thank you. Me too. I just thought of that just now. But, uh, <laughs> but folks, it's that time of the night. Time of the show. Hashtag catchphrase in the line. Say it with me. When it comes to all things Cal Park Bros, make sure you like us, love us, share us, and follow us. Because if you like us, why wouldn't you? That's right. With that said, this is Cal Park Bros. Signing off. Peace out, y'all. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?